0: Rendino, ladies and gentlemen, fasten your seatbelt, put your trays in the upright position. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, Brendan Wong, co-founder and CEO of Avocado Guild. Welcome to the pod.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Rich. How are you doing, man?
0: I'm doing well. It was so great to vibe out with you in person in Singapore at Singapore Blockchain Week. As advertised, you are one of the most generous people in the Animoca ecosystem helping the Animoca mothership make sense of what's going on and also helping the other portfolio companies. And I really appreciate you extending
1: that generosity by coming here in the pot. It's an absolute pleasure being a part of the Animoca ecosystem. And uh, it's not just within Animoca, but in blockchain as well. I think transparency, helping each other out is very critical to moving the industry forward as a whole. And Adamoka has provided a lot of resources to me. It would meet many wonderful founders and the team as well, and I'm just more than happy to be a part of this journey. So thank you guys.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, I appreciate your generosity there. So Avocado Guild. Avocado is, of course, a superfood, fat and nutrition, all the good stuff, all deliciousness, all combined into one. We're going to get into the origin story, the really interesting origin story of that name, a little bit later in the pod, starting out as a guild. I know there's been a lot of changes as if it really is like dog years, seven years compressed into a year this past cycle. Tell us what you're working on right now and how that fits into your mission and vision of what Avocado Guild is.
1: So I'll cover two things. First off, a little bit about how the landscape has changed a bit, and then I'll jump into like what we're working on at the moment. First off, last year... Guilds were pretty big. Gaming was a huge catalyst to onboard users. We were very excited about this. Came and uh, created Avocado Guild, scaled it as fast as I could, brought along teammates that I knew from uh, my previous startups. And our end goal, our mission focus was always to onboard users from Web 2 into Web 3. We felt that at the time, Axie Infinity was a great catalyst. It was a pretty epic game and we did whatever we could to introduce blockchain technology to not just gamers, but users first. And then very quickly we realized, okay, it's not that simple. There's a lot of learning to be done. Like in Web3, you never have enough time. And we've had to pivot a little bit from our scholarship model in terms of scaling and move towards more product building. But in the end of the day, we are extremely community focused. Avocado is probably one of the biggest communities in the Web3 gaming ecosystem. And even though the scholarships nowadays And as popular as they were last year, whatever we build, whatever we do, still goes back to giving to the community, using blockchain technology to bridge opportunities for them. And also nowadays, we're building products to try and make the transition from Web 2 to Web 3 easier and more seamless for our users using lessons that we learned by running the scholarship. So now I'll talk a bit about the products that we're kind of building. Avocado Guild is currently focused on two products. We actually released one a couple of days ago. One is our questing platform. So our questing platform allows us to incentivize our users by providing rewards for their contribution, not just in doing tasks, whether it be playing a game or educating themselves by reading an article, but even performing other tasks, such as completing certain courses. And we'll continue to evolve on that because it's our mission statement to provide education. Because I think at the base layer, what Web3 lacks is really educated users, as opposed to so much as a technological threshold. It's really the public being educated. Mass adoption, in my mind, will happen when really your mom and dad, my little brother and sister, they kind of understand the technology, at least as a basic. Like now that we look at it, it's like, oh, the internet is, you need a modem to connect. Like people still don't understand MetaMask, for example. So the questing platform is there to incentivize them to learn, incentivize them to be more engaged. The second product that we're building is a content platform. The content platform is focused both for Web3 and Web2 users. It will be Web3, so there will be definitely token integrations. But we will try and address a lot of the things that I think the space is lacking, which is proper education, not just at the high spectrum about everything that's happening with FTX or the news and all that, but really teaching people the difference between a sex and a decentralized exchange what it really means to have custody of your tokens, what this technology can really empower and the impact it's had so far, really provide more of a user level, a retail level understanding, as well as create a platform that's user generated content, user owned content.
0: Love it. That's great. My favorite thing that you said in the beginning was about onboarding, like broadly bringing, shuttling people in the same way that Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk want to shuttle people to the moon or space or Mars. You're getting all of these people onto the shuttle and taking them to this Web3 planet. I think that education is really important. My mom, if we actually had to wait until my mom to get on board into Web3, I think she still thinks that the TV remote control, if you pointed at the curtains, could set the curtains on fire. Or that if you send an email abroad, It costs more, like an overseas, like a long distance phone call. So besides my mom, you're onboarding many other people on board the shuttle to go to Web3. One of the things that we discussed pre-pod was how you're setting that vision out to your team and also to your scholars. I'd love for you to dive a little deeper into that, paint that picture.
1: Sure thing. First of all, just really quickly, I shared my screen a little bit. This is an art piece Beautiful. that I had commissioned a while ago, and we we're talking about spaceships and pods, and like it's literally my vision what's bringing people into the metaverse. And obviously, mm-hmm. there are many Animoca brand, Web Racing, Axie Infinity, Sandbox. Like we've made reference to many of these in here as well.
0: So, so for those of you listening, it's a fantastical v- with like physical whales, not just Web three whales and avocado spaceships and. Other vehicles all flying in the sky to a beautiful, futuristic city in the future.
1: It's my depiction of what I think the future chain. There's definitely a lot of uncertainty. The metaphor that I do like to give people is here at Avocado, we know that our goal is the onboard users from Web2 to Web3 because that's where things are going. This is a technology that when embraced will improve our lives and affect those at the lower end of the economic spectrum first before it goes to the top really provide that equal opportunity of banking the unbanked but if I had to use a metaphor to describe this it's kind of like I'm in a spaceship wanting to travel to a new planet with better fruits for humanity and things like that I know that I can detect like atmospheric air I know that I can see water but I don't know what the journey there will be like and I don't understand the total composition of that planet So it's very important that I align myself with the Avocado internal team, as well as the scholars and the community that support us. We are building towards that future. We are trying to build tools. We are trying to build products that solve a problem that we feel is going to be really big in future. We are not trying to build a product to solve a problem that was yesterday's problem. As the space moves this quickly, we have to do the same thing. And I do love to build that alignment as opposed to finding people that fit the process pieces, but really help them see what I see so that they understand what they're doing is for like a bigger purpose. And at the same time, I feel when no one really knows how to navigate this space properly, the more kind of like educated opinions we get, the more transparency we have, the better it is for the projects.
0: Hey, so you've reminded me of a quote and I'm going to butcher his name. It's a French name. His name is Antoine de saint exupery And the quote is this, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up the men to gather wood, divide the work, and give orders. Instead, teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea, open seas, salty air, exotic isles, buried treasure. So, to have that kind of vision is beautiful. And there is a promised land. There is a Web3 promised land that we're going to. It is, we are not there yet. And we are definitely in a, A bumpy part of the journey, but I love your metaphor much better. Going to another planet that has these resources there.
1: They're going to be there when we get there, and like, let's all go. Any type of business, Web 2.0 or Web 3, is a bumpy journey. I feel that we can't be afraid of the bumps along the way. We do prefer to look at obstacles as not focusing on the obstacle, but focusing on the end goal. And it's our job to overcome these obstacles. Right now, obviously, the market isn't great. So, Our approach to this is to take our time and wait until things settle down a bit more. It's better to understand what the market truly needs, taking the time to build, understand what other people are building before just rushing out products. So from an operational angle, from a product angle, that's how we approach it. From an actual market angle, I do feel blockchain has many applications, civilian applications like retail applications that can improve the lives of many people. This was brought to my attention when we ran huge scholarships in Ax Infinity and many other games. I was just in the Philippines. It was really impactful speaking to the scholars that we had and learning about how much they've improved their lives and how much they understand the technology nowadays. Let me give you an idea. When we first gave payouts or like split out SLP with our scholars, we gave it to them on Ronin. Nowadays when we play a variety of different games, I would send them some BUSD for some other things and the scholars would say, Hey, Brendan, the gas fee is cheaper on Polygon. I have Polygon Metamask as well. If you can send it to me there, I've got some Matic. I can sort it out. Like this is adoption. Like that itself may not sound like it's huge to many people, but to the general public, don't even know the difference between custodial holdings in a Metamask wallet or in a centralized exchange. This is a ginormous leap. So what we want to do is provide more of this level of education to the masses. And when they are educated at this level, it's much easier to layer on education on top. Sometimes when I listen to a lot of the podcasts from centralized exchanges or protocols and projects, it's fantastic. The space has the smartest people I've ever met, but when they talk, it's almost too technical. I don't know if they're actually that technical or they don't know any other way to explain it, but if you cannot get a five or seven or eight year old to understand what you're explaining, then you need to find another way to understand that topic and express it in a way they understand that is the only way we are going to have mass adoption. It's not just the products. It's about educating them and then building products that really have a purpose. For games, it's amazing because your primary value proposition can actually be entertainment. And this is why I'm so bullish on this. However, it will take time and while we figure out this market uh, to build products up on, for example, games that have figured out the formula, which is taking a bit of time. So we want to build something more broad, content platform to educate all masses. I think this will be very useful for the space.
0: You know, as you may have noticed this week, seminal week in the history of mankind, 8 billion people on the planet and 65% on the internet. So about 5 billion people. And so there's a lot of people online and there have been for a long time, and it's a lot more accessible, especially in places like India with cheaper 5G. I think that's one of the biggest stories is how cheap it is there and indeed around the world. But a lot of those people are unbanked. A lot of those people have never had the ability to earn online. And you opened up a small window to be able to give people the ability to both earn and have a wallet, which is uh, for all intents and purposes, the equivalent of having a bank account. And then for that anecdote you shared of like those people who are like, oh, we're unbanked, we haven't earned, but then they become so sophisticated so quickly. They're like, oh, wait a second. They're guiding you, nudging you. Hey, let's go to Polygon. Let's go to Matic. Let's reduce those gas fees. Let's flow where there's the least resistance. And to be able to build that to scale and to reduce the Gini coefficient globally, I think that's a beautiful thing to aspire to that I think both Animoca Brands and what you and other portfolio companies are working towards. And I don't
1: think that can be minimized. We collect the data from our users, our scholars, as well as actively participate in discussions and watch as they grow as we introduce new games. Their assessment, their understanding of NFTs has grown drastically from just... Oh, I'm interested in playing Axie. Nowadays, they tell me what cool NFT projects they are. They save their own tokens to go buy these NFTs or hunt and seek for these airdrops. They understand the ecosystem. And you know, these kids, a lot of them are kids, but not every one of them. We have a lot of like 40 something year olds in the guild as well. But these guys, once they learn this, they go and they share it with their friends. To me, that's real world network effect. In Web3 that we've seen in 2018, 2019, everyone was attracted to the space because of all the DeFi yields. But if the DeFi yields were not there, there would be no one coming into the space. So that was the catalyst at the time. GameFi, Web3 games, blockchain games, whatever you want to call it, Axie Infinity opened the door for a lot of these scholars to be interested in this technology because it benefited them just coincidentally during a time of COVID. And now their curiosity has aided them in just researching about NFTs, opportunities. They really want to go down this path, not just in understanding technology, but One day, if you think about how the ecosystem works, you will need different players in the space. You will need different workers in the space. If you try and go and hire somebody from any of these countries and see who understands Web3, it's a very small pool of people. But what if the scholars these days literally have higher level understanding of Web3 than the majority of people that apply for a job who might be more skilled? So we provide leveling up opportunities, skilling up opportunities for our scholars to help them be educated. That's part of the questing platform. If you do enough gaming tasks or whatever, we'll award you with courses, with Udemy courses to skill up in coding, writing, in anything else. We're building a HR pool of talent. We're really helping them explore their potential so that not just us, but other projects can leverage this pool of talent that were the first generation blockchain gamers.
0: Beautiful. I think that is the big picture in that play to earn was the tip of the spear. And there are scholars that are You know, back in the day, like World of Warcraft, mining wood, mining gold. But then there are so many other roles that come to bear in the metaverse. People that are managing events, people that are maybe kind of like a blacksmith that's like putting together tools and other functional equipment and people that are avatar designers for fashion. And then moving up that chain into people that are actually doing the coding as well too. And to be able to take these people that are unbanked and also largely uneducated as well too, and give them the opportunity to be banked, to be educated and move up the value chain. I think that's how I'm inspired by your vision of what a real guild and community can be.
1: A guild in my mind is not just a collective of gamers. Guilds have existed for many years, both in the working environment, commercial aspects, as well as games. What we are is a community of like-minded people. What our goal is to actually onboard users In blockchain, the term ecosystem comes out a lot. How I see the chains is every single, whether it's Polygon, BNB, Ethereum, they're different kind of like cities. These cities are powered by the apps within these cities. And that's what attracts the users. But people will not just go to these ecosystems unless they're truly very bored. If you were to educate your mom or your sister or your brother on this technology, it would take them two minutes until they're just, I'm too confused. This is too difficult for me. Like, how do you onboard people by just building a protocol? It's too difficult. At the current state of the technology, there's a lot of hand-holding. Part of our goal is eventually to partner up with many universities, partner up with traditional businesses, get our on-ground activations ready so that we can truly help educate the masses in this real-world network effect while we build out the tools to provide the educational resources, the learning, the community-driven content that will help support them. And then we will have the questing product to help, Reward them systematically, mechanically on their contributions into the space. So when I look at an ecosystem, I don't just see the whales. I don't just see the traders. I see an ecosystem of every class, something like a city that has many different working classes all in the space. I think at that stage, that's when we'll really have larger scale adoption.
0: That's great. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up whales and traders around DeFi. I think oftentimes that kind of quote unquote community is conflated with a true Web3 community where DeFi space is a lot more opportunistic, right? It's, hey, we're in a community. Oh, token go up over there. See you later, community, right? <laughs> Whereas this community used to word quest. Like I often think of leaving the comfort of your hobbit hole in the Shire. I know you're an Aussie, but I'll use a Kiwi Lord of the Rings reference. And then going to Mordor, going on this difficult journey, but with a disparate group of people, elves and dwarves and hobbits, And then you build this camaraderie and you build this common mission and vision behind what you're doing to be able to create this community. And I believe that we're just still in the early stages there. And that's why guilds are so important to be able to bring these communities to manifest.
1: Very early stages, both from a regulatory standpoint and educational standpoint, even just a wider cultural acceptability kind of standpoint. I mean, there's many topics I can talk about. Like, for example, we can talk about marijuana. Nowadays, many states in America accept that previously it was illegal. A lot of technology, cigarettes used to be okay. Nowadays, it's not okay. Like, things change and people adopt. What we want to do is make sure whatever we are building is a little bit ahead of the trend so that we can help service the market when the market does expand. I want to build real value. I want to build real content that's there to stay. So maybe now people aren't interested, but later on when they are, guess what? This will become useful for you. And even for the scholars in the community that follows us, it's not just about providing play to earn opportunities. Although we are onboarding them into new games all the time and and lending them NFTs and teaching them what it really means to own an NFT, the utility of owning this particular asset, we're also ensuring that they are able to grow as they are a part of our community. As we learn, grow, we align with them, they grow with us so that we're not here to abuse the community, we're actually here to educate the community. Let's look at guilds, right? There are a whole bunch of guilds and if we look at the core functionality of most of these guilds, generally it's to onboard users from web two to web three in benefit of the users and ideally you make some money somewhere. But when you look at all the YGGs, the avocados, the guild fires and a whole bunch of other guilds, do people really know the difference between these guilds or what they're building? I don't think they really do. They don't really even understand what a guild is. So the education level is literally there, and then it gets murky. What we want to do is be able to clear things up, and if they are able to just understand the technology first, I think the next stage gets a little bit easier, and that's what we want to do, help them get there.
0: Trivik, You talked about games. Right now, at least, has been the core of the offerings for guilds. Tell me about the state of blockchain gaming right now something that you're excited about i mean maybe you could peel back a little bit about phantom galaxies done by blowfish yeah. studios fully acquired by animoca brands back in the day and they're watching do- this triple a gundam style game and what do you
1: like about that Yep, yeah, awesome so axie infinity was the catalyst for blockchain games i mean many would argue that it was CryptoKitty. axie started on ethereum and then they evolved to ronin reduce the gas and then they had a direct connection to binance Constantly, they made it more frictionless for users to be onboarded. I thought I've got to really thank them for making this space the way that it is. But in terms of the complexity of the game, it started off rather simple and then got more and more complex over time. Mm. But if I look at the state of the games right now versus the state of the games four months ago versus the state of the games when Axie came out, I've seen so much innovation, not just in token economics, Mm. but in the gameplay loop design, Mm. in the way that these games interact with the chain the level of centralization versus decentralization, the number of tokens, I can see innovation constantly going up exponentially. I do not see, for example, I'm unable to pinpoint who will be the next champion. I can't tell you what I am excited about right now. Mm. Phantom Galaxy is something I'm really excited about. And it's not because it's an Animoca brand game. It's it not because they claim that they're AAA. We hear heaps of games claim they're AAA.
0: It's because they're Aussie. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
1: But that does help. I actually made it a mission to go back to Australia, visit the head office, speak with Ben, the CEO, and really just constantly nag him to understand what they're doing. And when I saw that these guys are true builders, they've got their own team of 104 people. And I constantly look at milestones being achieved. And we've been a part of the testing process since the beginning. It gives me much more confidence. And every time I learn something about the space, when it comes to tokenomics and mission, or some suggestions based on feedback from our gamers, I pass it on because I want to increase the chance of these games building really good Web3 games so that the industry can benefit from it as a whole. Like right now, our guys are playing Astro Fight Event for Phantom Galaxy. We're truly enjoying it. We can literally see the way that they are approaching NFTs or tokenizing the whole experience.
0: Yeah, can you peel that back a little bit? Because their NFT drop was free, but then they were able to generate a lot of cash. Like, Can you share what you saw compared to how it's typically been done?
1: So typically, most of the games would raise money based on tokens. They'll sell you a portion of the token. That's how Axie did it. That's how most games did it. In my mind, what that does is it creates a situation where investors have an incentive to dump your tokens or sell down once they have access to it. Phantom Galaxy has, like, seriously commendable. They created a system where they sold NFTs, not tokens, to investors. Investors wanted to buy in. You have to buy the NFTs. And as an investor, you get access to the NFTs before the public which makes sense but after you buy the nfts you actually need to do work on these nfts and they can be pl- and they're planets you've got to go buy nft starfighters. you've got to go mine your planets to get a higher emission later on when the game is properly released and this incentivizes an ecosystem of not just planet holders but also planet workers and then you have an opportunity where a player versus is introduced and then they'll reward you based upon how well you play the game how much you enjoy it with your friends they encourage factions, they encourage guilds, they encourage four or five friends to own small asteroids. Like it's extremely exciting. And even now with the Astro Fight event, they've released the first ever like soulbound NFT tracker that tracks your performance for every single cycle. I see true innovation and it's very exciting. It's not to say without any issues, I do find that the specs to run the game is on the higher side, which will introduce friction, but that's never been a problem. If a game is good enough, fun enough, people naturally will onboard as well.
0: But then in some ways, like if you look at Tesla, really Tesla was expensive, high-end car because they needed to start somewhere and then from there build up more learnings and then release games that were a lot more accessible. So I think that's something that's going to be a little bit more...
1: In Avocado, we have over 40 people playing Phantom Galaxy Mm. and we have over 100 extra people showing interest in Phantom Galaxy. Mm -hmm. We're trying to figure out how to structure the scholarship when it comes to the community, when it comes to this but like we are definitely very active in the community. We have people monitoring the discords. I'm talking with the team all the time. It's actually fun. We enjoy it. Even the internal well, team plays right? it.
0: The, the core of it has to be fun. And I think that's super exciting that this team that Ben leads up at Phantom Galaxies knows how to make fun. And maybe some of the early blockchain games kind of lost sight of
1: that. But it's just all part of the evolution. I do love them. I don't want to just completely dive into them. I do love them because they're not just selling me a narrative. They've delivered me products, updates, and it's always in line with the milestones. I don't think that Web3 games will just all be like a phantom galaxy. Mm, I do think that multiple genres can exist in this new market. Genres that will embrace blockchain as a technology, as opposed to as a garnish, as a true technology that improves upon user engagement. Really what drives Web3 is the fact that you can own your digital assets, have custody over that forever. And then if you build up on that use case and utility, you can lend, you can sell. You can borrow. Like, I'm looking for games that will really understand this. Not so much as just we're going to build a completely blockchain game, but understand this is what the technology allows me to do. Now, what can I cook? What can I make that's certainly, amazing? Certainly.
0: Yeah, and I think simply swapping in-app purchases for NFTs, IAP for NFT, that already opens up, like you said, this incredible, robust marketplace. That's great. Yeah, and I didn't bring you on just to shill for our subsidiary blow Blofer Studios. It just so happens that they're going to be launching in a full way, or they're going to really make a mark in the multiverse. Speaking of making a mark in the multiverse, can we go back to your origin story a little bit about your
1: journey to now, entrepreneurially? Uh, yeah, sure thing. I'll try not to dive too deep into it. I've been an entrepreneur for 17 years. I started my first business when I was 17 years old. Traditionally, I'm involved in F&B, fruit and beverages, brick and mortar style business. I have founded one startup, Web2. And I've invested in another Web2 startup in the past. So I do have experience when it comes to managing Excel sheets, understanding how startups work, raising money, and actually delivering platform-based products. But my experience really comes from understanding different types of employees, understanding people, running businesses that actually make money, if that makes sense. So traditionally, my businesses were all trading businesses. It was always about revenue and profit. What inspired me to go into Web3 and crypto was actually the fact that I felt there was a huge unexplored untapped market here we had a catalyst which was this amazing axe infinity game but the space itself is there's nothing built on it there's no high rises no one understands how anything worked in this barren land and you have an opportunity to perhaps make your mark so that's what inspired me to get in but my first foray into crypto was actually in 2018 when i was playing around buying some bitcoins and then you know when the market crashed i kind of just left my interest there until nft started peaking again in late 2020 so that was my journey in
0: fantastic love it tell us some of the lessons that you've learned along the way some of those scabs and calluses and scar tissue like armor you've donned for this uh, quest
1: i've learned many lessons in life along the way doing business i've had multiple business partners i guess like a general business rule is always have a good mentor A really good mentor goes a long way. Another rule is don't just have one mentor. It's okay to have maybe two or three, but don't just have mentors for the sake of it. They can all teach you something different. I applied this logic into Web3 and instead of mentors, I had advisors and it was very fruitful. These guys helped me avoid a lot of potholes. I learned a lot about the space and the ecosystem. There is no one source of truth. You just have to put in the work, be integrated, go to the events to really understand how blockchain works. And that kind of highlights how rudimentary the space is still over time i expect all of this to evolve and develop but the learning is like that every single morning i wake up i don't pat myself on the back and look at my achievements very frankly every morning i wake up ask myself god damn it i have to work harder than the day before because i feel like i've just lost time that's how fast this space is evolving which is a lot of pressure but at the same time it's very exciting like i never would have thought you know in my 30s i'd have an opportunity to play a part in shaping a market, to be this excited for projects, to just go hard like I was 21. And uh, I think for this space, it's okay to make mistakes as with all entrepreneurs. Just be okay to pick yourself up and keep going and make sure you get the right advice from the right mentor. Don't have the, I can do everything myself attitude because you do need good people around you. It's okay to rely on others, but just find those that are good. And you have to actually spend your time managing these relationships, whether they be with your investors, with your advisors, or even during the bear market with other project founders. And I've met many projects in the Animoca ecosystem, Animoca family, I've made many great friendships and I'm very happy that I made the foray into this space. And there are people that understand what entrepreneurs are going through. So it it is very lonely. If you don't feel lonely, you're probably not doing it right. And the journey is more about being punched and picking yourself up than really hitting each milestone and giving yourself a pat on the back. And uh, I think that's the best way moving forward because we are that behind. In understanding this technology
0: fantastic yeah you've been a terrific mentor as well as a mentee and i learned something early on somebody called it plus equals and minus so I have somebody who's seven years older or more who can be sort of a coach and i found to be able to really do that effectively you have to kind of bring them some meat so to speak go out and hunt some learnings that can help them on their career so it's really two-way and then the equals is somebody the same age and stage and have like a peer coach and that's one that I found really impactful because then you could be a lot more frank, almost like a friend and you can kind of cheerlead and cajole, but you know, really kind of push each other. Uh, then ask uh, them yeah, to I'm pay it forward. Right. Yes, ask them to pay it forward and they can
1: help other people. So I think you've really uh, internalized that. We do this internally in the company as well. So for any junior staff that comes on board, we have a range of different people from all walks of life, professional services, entrepreneurs like myself, bankers, everything. And we always say, depending on what you studied or what you have interest in, we'll make sure that the right mentors are available for you 30 minutes every two weeks. And generally we extend it past 30 minutes. It's an hour. And that's just for you to ask questions and them to shed light and help you understand things. There is no question that's too silly in our mind. we much rather that whatever needs to be done is communicated thoroughly to you so that then you can actually see the vision as opposed to just do the process. That is literally our office philosophy as well.
0: Fantastic. Love it. Anything else you'd like to share?
1: I'm not going to share our product. I think we're quite well equipped to weather this storm. And I do think the guilds that are still around when a bull market comes back, they will be quite powerful. And guilds are essential because it's that tether between humanity, like doing the groundwork and the projects that come up in Web3. It's about really bringing people on board by handholding and providing that support. That's my vision of what a guild does.
0: Fantastic. As advertised, ladies and gentlemen, Brendan Wong, co-founder and CEO of Avocado Guild at Brendino. I'm going to share some more stuff in the show notes. Thank you once again, my friend.
1: Thank you so much, Rich. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. This podcast is for information purposes only and should not be considered as financial advice. Any opinions provided in this podcast reflect the views of the speakers only.